0: If you're turning your Bibles with me, let's go. Uh, let's go to the Book of Acts, Acts three, and I'm probably just going to stay in Acts three this morning, if that's all right. I'm just going to stay in the Book of Acts, Acts three, and probably get all the way to about verse twenty. And I, and this is really speaks to everything I'm wanting us to do. That's why it probably take me a couple of weeks. may take three. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll walk through it. I'm just going to pour out and kind of get us geared mentally, spiritually for what is ahead for us and what God wants to do for us. So beginning at verse 1 this morning, let's read a little bit and then I'm going to stop and I'm going to kind of just chop it up. And, and break it up. I'm sorry if I'm a little, seem like I'm dragging this morning. I'm, I'm just really heavy with, with all that God has on me as far as what he wants to do and all the stuff that's going on in all of our ministries, all of our church, all of our, and probably no one needs refreshing or needs renewal or needs refueling more than I do. And that's not a, that's not something to be afraid of or sad of. It's, it's just, it's like, it's like, okay, I've, I've climbed that mountain. I've done that thing. I've finished. And then there's times to renew. There's times. So bear with me as probably I'm preaching to me as much as I am to anyone this morning, but hopefully it will say something to you about where you are in your life. Because by the time we get to November, and by the time our evangelists, and you'll hear more about the different evangelists that's coming, the special music that's coming, I don't want to be in this mode. I want to be in a receiving mode. That's the goal. The goal is not to spend the first three days of my revival or my meetings and say, well, I finally, about the third night, I finally, no, no, I, I want from, from, from the moment it starts, I want to be sitting right there on that front row like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this thing. Let's, let's, let me, I'm, I'm A number one. So this morning, let's, let's begin that process and see through this story. The book of Acts 1 and 2 gives us, as we know, and, and the, the outpouring of the Spirit, the day of Pentecost. It gives us Jesus giving them their marching orders. It, it covers Peter's first sermon of where 3,000 get saved. And, and it is an incredible thing. And you would think this is, this is the way church works. This is the way church operates. And most of the time, people go to the Acts 1, and that's kind of what they want to see. Boy, we want to see the Spirit of God fall. We want to see people staggering out in the streets, and we want to see people, you know, and, and that's kind of what we push, especially from our side, of denominationally. It's, it's, man, we believe in the power of God, so we want to see more power. We want to see just this outpouring of power. We want to hey, people slain, things taking place. To, boy, that's when you know God is moving. But I want you to notice that that never happens again through all the rest of the book of Acts. But there are things that happen continually through the book of Acts that shows us exactly the process by which God will work even today. And the way it moves and how he still, we can't lock ourselves in an upper room and say, well, we need that that fresh outpouring. Well, he's already been poured out. He he lives within us. We don't have to go back that far. But we do have to go back to a certain level to receive a refreshing and to receive a renewal and to receive something that God says is continual, as Paul would say later, to be continually filled with the Spirit. So how does this take place? Well, let's read and and let me begin the process. So now Peter and John were going to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called the beautiful gate, and asked alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something what? from them. Every person that gets up on Sunday morning is going to church expecting to receive something, expecting to get something. What happens is, is just like this situation, we eventually get into ruts and routines and we get into systems and we get into all the things so that the thing that we really would like to see, the thing that we really want or need more than anything else becomes the thing that's buried within us and we never truly get to see it happen. We just kind of hide that thing. We just kind of overlook it or just make it part of the normal setting. This man that we're talking about today, this was normal for him. This was a normal thing that somebody would help set him at the gate or someone would put him there. His life was set. You're not going to get any better. It's not going to change. Maybe some people will give you a little bit of something to keep you going. You can buy some bread or some fish at the market and you'll be able to eat something tonight. But tomorrow you'll get up and they'll put you back at that gate and you'll do the same thing over and over because life utterly is not really going to change. Life is not utterly going to be anything different. And it's sad because even at church now, that becomes the mindset you hear people preach and you know we all are gonna have to deal with that. We're all gonna have to live with certain things. We're all gonna struggle with certain. We're all gonna always have these issues. We're never going to, and even the church tells us in many cases, listen, you're going to just have to accept this as normal in your life. This is normal. What you brought this morning and what you've brought for the last five mornings and what you've brought for the last two years, that's normal. And it's not going to change. It's not going to do anything different. So then what do I do? Why do I go to church? Well, we find reasons to go to church. We find reasons to show up. For some of us, it's coffee. I can't wait till Sunday morning. I mean, the prayer line's not the longest line. It's the coffee line. I wish sometimes my prayer line was that long. I walk out there and it's like they're they're 20 deep and I'm thinking, man, if I was offering something that good, they'd come to my altar. But how many people in that line are standing there in a line for coffee but at the same time are saying, I've got stuff that I've been toting for years. And I'm not in any line to get that changed. I'm just accepting that that is the way it is. That part I'm not worried about anymore. I'm just gonna to learn to live with that. My family will always be that way. My, my thoughts will all I will always have these issues or these situations. But listen to me. With that morning when Peter and afternoon, when Peter and John are going at three o'clock in the afternoon to a place of prayer, listen to me. They were going to a place where people go to meet God. We just make it sound like they were walking along the street. No. This this group of people, crowds of people were all going to the same place they always go to do the same thing they always do and to receive the same thing they've always received. Nothing was changing in their life. They were sitting at the same seats. They were drinking the same lattes. They were talking to the same people. They had the same friends. They talked about the same things. They talked about what happened at the arena last week. They talked about who won on their team last week. Maybe they had a fantasy league on their place. Whatever they were doing, they had all the other things, the activities, everything they could do to cover their time, to cover everything. But the only thing that wasn't changing in them is the thing that was inside of them, that everything was remaining the same. And that's the thing that God was supposed to be dealing with that's the thing the church was supposed to be ministering to but here was a lame man that people walked by every single day and thought nothing of it it's just normal here if I were to ask you a question this morning what has become normal What has become normal in your marriage? What has just become normal in what you watch and how you talk and the words that come out of your mouth? What's become normal by the way you think? Are y'all with me this morning? What's become normal? That even though you know it should change, it could change. It's just become normal. And if you went to this church, if you were to go to where Peter and John was going, everything there is normal. Now they had a stir- up a short time ago. This, this man named Jesus had caused a lot of controversy, but that had all died down. We're back to normal. We're back to just doing what we've always done. It is a place, literally, at the place they were going, it is a time and a place of prayer. It is a place of prayer. Go with me to Acts 3 and 19. Acts 3 and 19. Here's what Peter will say to them about this. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Now, he's not talking to people who are on the street. He's talking to people who are going to pray. He is going to a place where people are fixing to gather together. They're fixing to pray together. They're fixing to put little papers in in walls. They're fixing to do everything they can do. All of these things are taking place, and yet at the same time, prayer is not accomplishing anything in their presence. Go with me to 1 John. Here's what the Bible says. 1 John 5 and 14. 1 John 5 and 14. Go to Jude 20. Pull that one up. Jude verse 20. They're working on it. These are a couple I didn't write down for them. Here's what it says. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and what's the word? Praying in the holy Now we know in Acts 2 the Holy Spirit came. All of that was taken care of. But it doesn't cancel out the fact that it has to be continually built up. That faith has to continually be, or otherwise faith will begin to diminish in your life. So when people begin to reach a point where they say, well, I know God can do it, understand what's happening is it's it's reaching a point to where because of the lack of prayer in their life, I know God can do it, but without prayer, my faith is reaching the point to where I'm not sure he will do it. And there's a big difference of coming to church and praying, believing God will do it, than believing God can do it. People ask me sometimes, I say, "What, what is the most frustrating part sometimes of being a pastor? I said, I'll give you one. Here's what one of the biggest frustrations I have. Is that we preach, sing, talk, about God and everything, and somebody will get sick or something will take place, and I will walk up and I say, "Is there anything I can do?" Well, Pastor, just just pray. Is would you like me to come? Uh, no, just 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 pray. Okay. Now, none of that's biblical. Because if there's any sick among you, let them call the elders of the church, let them take oil, let them anoint your head. See, if I get sick, which I don't hardly ever get sick, but if I do, let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to be down here and some of you who I believe can pray, you're going to get some oil on your hands and you're going to pray for me and I am going to get healed. See, I, I don't believe God can do it. I believe God will do it. But that doesn't happen naturally. It, it happens because in my prayer life, I have to continually keep building up my faith. What if you come to me and, and, and said, Brother Lord, I, I'd like for you to pray for me. And I'm like, look, God, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure God will heal. I mean, I, you know, I know he can. And I tell you what, let's just try it and see what happens. Is that the pastor you're looking for? No, you want somebody who... Believes God. Hey, let's get rid of this thing. You, you. I'm glad you came. It's time for this thing to be gone. When I walk into hospital rooms, that's the first thing I look at someone and say, "You ready to go home?" That's the first thing I. Are you ready to go home? Yeah. Well, let's get this thing done. Why? Because. If I build myself up in prayer, it creates the faith that I need so that the Holy Spirit then can move through me to accomplish. Because understand now, these gifts that work through healing and miracles and all, these are not uh, fruits of the Spirit. These are manifestations of the Spirit. And their manifestations of the Spirit are not something you possess. They're something that you are equipped so that God can move through you to accomplish them. When we talk about the manifestations of the Spirit, it's not that I have the gift of healing. No, I have the gift of faith. And through faith, God can use healing through my ministry. I have faith, so therefore God can use wisdom. Because I have faith, I walked on this stage this morning. And when I walked on this stage, I'm like, God, I don't don't know how to say all this. I don't know how... Don't worry, Tim, if any of you lack wisdom, ask. But here's the thing, you can't ask doubting, you can't ask worrying, you gotta ask believing that you're going to receive so that when I say, hey, let's turn to here, we're fixing to jump in this thing and things are fixing to get good, why? Because I have faith and then the Holy Spirit kicks in and says, I got it now, Tim, I'm gonna use you for wisdom, I'm gonna use you to minister, I'm gonna use you to do healing, I'm gonna do you to do whatever I need you to do. If I need to prophesy, all the manifestation gifts are open to those who are filled by prayer that builds your faith. Does that make sense? So if you're lacking the ability to believe, it's because you're not praying and it's not building up your faith. And you're listening to different voices other than the Holy Spirit's voice that says you can. You're listening to voices that says, well, it may not happen. Or maybe that's just not for me. Well, if you can find a scripture that says it's just not for you, get after it. But I can't find any of those scriptures. It just says, do what I'm asking you to do and you shall be healed. Lay hands upon the sick and they might recover. No, it says they shall recover. I just happened to believe that he wasn't lying when he said it. It's a place then, when I understand this about my life, it becomes a place to repent. Let's, let's walk through this and go back with me to Acts 3. So I've kind of gave you the introduction so you understand how exciting a moment this was for this man. I mean, this man has cannot walk. This man has been lame, dragging himself His legs does not work. He he does not work a job. He has no self-esteem. When he looks at people, he's always looking up at people. Everything about his life has been broken. Everything about his life has been torn apart. Go to verse 3. And let's pick up there. Seeing Peter and John and about to go in the temple, he asked them to receive so he, he had done totally at this place of prayer, this place of God's house. He was just after the coffee. Well, tell me about all seasons. Man, I have a good coffee shop. <laughs> tell me about all seasons. Man, that's some nice chairs to sit in. See, he had done reached a point to where if you asked him, tell me about the temple Tell me about the house of prayer. Oh, man. I, hey, you can get some quarters there. If you rattle, you can. man. I'm telling you, there's, there's, some, there's some people that will give you something there. To some people, that is what church is about. Through the years, we have hundreds of people never walk in our doors, but they'll be happy to show up on Monday morning and say, uh, I was sent down here because they said y'all write a check for my light bill. and What I want to do is say, no, it's just a house of prayer. I tell you what, I'm going to lay my hand on your head. <laughs> what? Yeah, they didn't tell you that, that down here, this is what we do. We pray that you get changed. Well, ain't nobody tell me, I guarantee you, I won't have no problem with that. I've had a few encounters that, <laughs> that already push it. I had a lady once that, Drove up, and, and I was just not in the right place. <laughs> I was too spiritually full, and it was just, just not a good time, because I was like, we're just going to, she pulls up, and she, she said, oh, tell me about this church. And I said, well, what do you want to know? I said, you know, we, we're a Bible-believing church. She said, well, is this, this one of them churches where people talk funny? And I said, you mean like the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I said, oh, yes, ma'am. I said, yes, ma'am, I got that too. She said, well, I, I, just can't, I ain't going to go to no church lesson. I said, well, just go find you a dead one and go on then. And she peeled out of the driveway, and I was happy, and she was happy. It's like I solved your problem real quick. didn't take three services to figure it out for you. Go find you a dead one somewhere that you can just find you a good place to sit, the right row, get you a shawl, sit there until you die, and they'll bury you in the backyard and they a little tomb Bury (laughs) you. If that's all you're wanting, then go knock yourself out. I'm sorry, that's not what... It it wasn't, hey, I got these, could you pray with me, would you? I'm like, and I I feel like Peter and John is the same way, because we make it look like through the Holy Spirit thing. No, no. Peter just gazes at him. Peter just looks at him. Peter's just like, all right, I ain't got no money. But what I got, I'm to give it to you. That's his mindset. It's like this, this we're at a house of prayer. I, I didn't come to, to to buy you lunch. That's not what I came to this place for. I I didn't come so you would feel better. I didn't come so you get to see your buddies once a week. I didn't come. I came because it's a house of prayer. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. Take your eyes off of all the things that's going on. Take your eyes off of everything else. Take your eyes off of all the stuff that's kept you attracted, but it hasn't fixed anything. See, that's the world system. To find something that keeps you attracted, but it never fixes anything. How do you know that, brother? How do you know the church is struck? Because we have pastors committing suicide now. Even the people that's on the stage doing the performance. Even the person standing there in their slick hair and their, their blue jeans and their t-shirts and their whatever else they got and their lighting system. They're the ones sitting there saying, I'm just doing a routine. I'm just doing an act. I'm just doing something I've done for the last 10 years and I'll do it next week the same way, different lights, different system, but nothing's going to change. You get tired of it up here just like you will get tired of it down there. You get tired of singing it just like you get tired of hearing it. Remember now, Elvis and Whitney and all these people, they all started singing gospel music. Don't fool yourself. They all were on a stage. But it was just an act. And I just moved on to a bigger act. Peter directed his gaze and he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. I don't have anything else. There's nothing else I can give you that will fix what you're going through. When somebody says, oh, brother, Lott, why is this November so important to you? Because I can't fix what you're going through. I don't have enough change in my pocket. I don't have enough hugs. I don't have enough. What you need is something I personally cannot personally give, but I can be a part of helping you get it. The loneliness that you feel on the inside, the insecurity, the stuff that you're hiding that you don't want anybody else to know, the thoughts of hurting yourself, the thoughts of doing something crazy, all that stuff that you're wrestling with and you're here this morning, you came to all season and I wish I could tell you, hey, the coffee will fix it or the chair will fix it or the music will fix it or, or the lighting will fix it or hey, just being around everybody and hugging necks and feeling good about yourself, it'll fix it. But I have to tell you the truth is that you didn't all come here to just go through those things. We can find that in a better way in the world. We can find better popcorn down the road. But what we need when we come to the house of prayer is to know that I can receive something that I can't receive anywhere else. I need to fix my gaze on something that's more than the other stuff that's just around me. And until I change my gaze, And I take it off of everything that used to make me get by. And I start looking at the thing that will change my situation. Nothing's going to happen. So yeah, I'm going to bump into those people that, oh, you ain't got no money? Okay. Hey, how about you? But what I'm looking for is I'm looking for that person when I say, look, I don't have any money, but what I got will fix your life. Oh, well, now I want to hear what you got to say. That's what it says about this man, is that he changed his gaze. When Peter says, I don't have any money, but what I got, I'm going to give it to you. Well, I want to to know about this. Because really and truly, I don't want to be here with this can. I don't want to be sitting here. I don't want to be in this situation. I, I don't want to just come here every day, every week, every Sunday, every Wednesday, and go through the same routine and nothing change in my life. That's not what I signed up for. And Peter took him by the hand and lifted him up. And leaping, he stood and began to walk. So Peter helps him up. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, I'm walking. And he starts walking. This night says, and he began to walk and he entered the temple with them, walking and somewhere along the way between, hey, I, I can't just walk, I can jump. And jumping then turned into praise. How do I know that I've gone past the normal? How do I know? It's because my, my, my lameness has turned into walking and my walking has turned into excitement, but my excitement, when it's full-blown, turns into praise. And when I look at people and the reason they're not praising It's not because you can't get them to say, hey, everybody stand with me, let's praise the Lord for... And as soon as you turn off the music, you don't have to tell nobody to sit down. (sighs) Because we we start with praise. But if we started with lameness, if we started church with prayer lines... Said, so we're not singing nothing. I ain't come here to entertain you or to pump you up or to get you, hopefully, to stay awake for my sermon. You walked in here, so which one of y'all needs help? And we started there. The reason we don't is because it wouldn't work. It doesn't work after music, sermon, and then I ask you to come to an altar. Do you believe God? I don't know, brother. I'm still not ready to step out. So, think of how hard it would be when you got out of your car still fussing with your husband and your wife and still complaining about everything, and you walked in, the first thing you had to do was walk to an altar. Just cold turkey. But that's the way God operates. God says, Come unto me, all you that are burdened and heavy late, I will give you he, he, he says, Come, bring it. What did Jesus do when, when he was ministering? He would first walk into he would heal people, then he would preach. Eventually they got to where they didn't just want to hear him preach. They were bringing people from all over and they were bringing sick people and they'd bring more sick people. In fact, the moment they heard that Jesus was in the house, they didn't say, hey, get your chair. We're going to go hear him preach. No, they said, hey, go grab ain't so-and-so. She's sick. We need to." And they would bring the sick and the lame to Jesus. And while they were doing that, then Jesus would preach to them and Jesus would speak to them. Peter and John didn't say, hey, let us go inside. Let us praise a little while, get our everything, and then we'll come back, we're gonna have prayer for you. Let's get a prayer line going for you. No, they just walked by, cold turkey, hadn't been to prayer yet, it's three o'clock in the afternoon, and all of a sudden, man, you need to be healed. If we started there from the lame, then what would happen is we'd begin to walk. We'd get up from the altar after the first thing we did. And then the second thing we would start doing is walking around and and telling people, man, I'm telling you, God's done touched. God's done changed my life. And before long, what would happen is it would begin to cause us to be excited. You would hear somebody and they would hear and they would hear yours and your talk. And you would get it. Eventually, we'd say, can we just praise? Let me tell you the best praise I ever hear. The, The best praise there ever is. The only praise I really like, and I love our praise team. I love all praise team. I'm going to tell you the only praise I like. I love the praise that's after altar, after sermon, after everything, after all the show, after everything. People have been prayed for in altars, and then all of a sudden, you just hear people, hey, crank that thing up one more time. And everybody is just worshiping. Isn't that always the best praise? When everybody's down here and let's just say, hey, Trent, Jennifer, hit that song one more time. And they're singing it, boy, now everybody. I don't have to tell you to raise your hands. Everybody's down here in the altar. And when you're going back to your seats, you're hugging each other, you're talking. I'm like, that is it. But that has to come because you're lame. And then you learn to walk. And then you learn to rejoice and jump. And then you learn to praise. My praise does not come from a built-up excitement. My praise comes from what God has already done for me. And what he's already brought me through. And the miracles that he's already done in my life. It's what creates the excitement. So let's find out. And leaping, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And while he clung to Peter and John, here's the thing. It's okay to, to love your pastor. It's okay to, to, to love your Sunday school. It's okay to love your kids' church pastor. It's okay to love all those people. It's okay to cling to them because as life is going, they're the people that help bring that into your life. And there's an understanding that you're to love them and to respect them and do all that. Your Blasting Point Pastor, whoever it may be. That's a wonderful thing. The person who, who has been your spiritual father, that's all wonderful. Don't don't lose that. You need those people who cared enough to tell you the truth, that walked you through, that got you there. You need those people in your life. But I want you to notice what Peter does. And when Peter saw it, verse 12, and when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. In other words, he saw all the crowd. And he thought, it's a good time to preach. Good time to preach now. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? And I love that. Why are you so surprised that somebody got healed at church? Why is this such an amazement to you that that this is something odd? Why are you so amazed that God heals or delivers or sets free? Why are you so amazed that your life can be changed? For some of us in this room, it's scares to death if God actually solved the problem we keep toting. We wouldn't know what to do. We wouldn't know who to tell it to. We wouldn't know what to put on Facebook for the next five years. We wouldn't know what to complain about. So much easier to complain about what hasn't happened than it is to give praise for what God has done. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, of men of Israel wondered, as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk. He said, listen, I know the guy's clinging to me, but it's not me. Peter quickly pushes it away. But but the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, and when he had decided to release him, but you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Man, he 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 goes into them. And you killed the author of life. You know why your life has not changed? Because you don't want it to change. Your life is not changing because you don't want it to change. You keep murdering him every single day. The one who said, I can do it. The one who said, I will deliver you. The one who said, I can set you free. He whom the son sets free is free indeed. And you keep telling him every day, you don't have the ability. That's what they did. They offered him up and said, you're lying. Oh, lot you don't have to be so ugly yeah I do because listen to me it has to start at lame look at the person beside you is there anything lame in you is your praise lame is your trust lame is your faith lame is there things in your life that holds you and keeps you? Is there things that just aren't working? Just like his legs weren't working, bro. Like my mind is not, I, I, I think crazy things. I keep, I, I go in these depressed or anxiety or I keep dealing with this and, 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 and I, I might be bipolar or is, is there addictions? Is there things that nobody wants to know about and, and you don't want to talk about and, 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 and you just hold it inside? Is, is there, is there something that's holding you and keeping you lame? Because the only thing that prevents me from my praise, the only thing that prevents me from my joy, the only thing that prevents me is the fact of whether or not I want to stay lame. Peter says the reason your church is like this and the reason you're like this and the reason it is because you killed Jesus, you're all murderers. The reason you are where you are is because you won't change. And I don't do good with whining, and neither does God. You want to change? Change. Well, I need God to change me. No, you just go ahead and get started. God will catch up. Just go ahead and get started on it. God will catch up with you. I, I don't sound like what I heard preaching. I know you heard it wrong. Let me help you out with your theology. You heard it wrong. Go ahead and do your changing. And when it gets to hurting, don't worry. God will show up. I, I, just in fact, you may think I'm not telling you the truth. Let me just go ahead and finish Peter. If Peter was preaching to you, would you take it from him? I mean, he walked with Jesus. He knows him really well. Would you all think he's smarter than I am? Sure. Peter knows it. He wrote part of the Bible. Okay? Okay. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong. What made the man strong? Faith. Faith in his name, in the name of Jesus, faith in something that he doesn't understand, but he believes in, has made this man strong. You see and know. And the faith That is through Jesus has given this man perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in... Now, I'm going to go ahead and give you the benefit of the doubt in this room. I don't want to sound too ugly. I'm going to give you the benefit. I'm going to just take that everything you did up to right now, you were just ignorant. Everything you did up to right now, today, you've just been ignorant. You just didn't have good sense. You just didn't know better. Does that make you feel better? If you walk out of here today and just say, you know, I'm just ignorant. Maybe that'll get you by. So what Peter says, he says, I'm going to just say that till right now, every decision you made, rejecting Christ and rejecting change and rejecting being healed and rejecting going forward and rejecting getting your life together and rejecting is the, not the fact that you don't believe God can, but you've just been ignorant to it. As did also your rulers. I'm going to go ahead and excuse them too. Well then, Peter, what do we need to do? But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ should suffer, he thus fulfilled. Let me go ahead and explain this to you. God hasn't been absent through all the stuff in your life or Jesus' life that everything God intended gets fulfilled. It's not absent of God. It's not like God turned his back and said, oh, let's just whatever happens. No, God says, I've been in the middle of all of it. I knew the lame man would be here today. I knew Peter and John were coming by. I knew everything that's going to take place. And I knew you're standing here right now and have this opportunity to do something. And here's what he says. So what do we need to do? You need to get on your face and you need to repent. That's what you need to do. Otherwise, you're going to carry your ignorance and you're not going to be ignorant anymore. You're just going to be fighting against God. And that's a losing battle when you leave this room today. What do we need to do? Repent. Don't just repent. Don't, don't just say you're sorry and turn back or turn again or turn toward in other words start doing so you thought i was lying a while ago when i said that like go ahead and get started god will catch up no no here's what you need to do you need to repent and you need to get started and god will catch up god i'm sorry i've been putting everything else ahead of you i been i'm sorry i've been trusting everything but you god i'm sorry i've been running to everything but you God, I'm sorry. I've been talking to everybody but you. God, I'm sorry. I haven't been counting on you. I have been leaning on you. Listen to me. I want to have these moments where God moves. Anybody love those moments? I love those. But as your pastor, I'm going to tell you how it happens. From the top all the way to the bottom. it starts with repenting and turning. So when I started this sermon, I said, man, guys, what I want is to be refilled and refreshed. And I I, I can't wait to November. And I can't. God says, Are you ready, Tim? And I'm gonna be honest with you, you know what my answer is? No. Not really. Because it doesn't start with my praise. It starts with my lameness. It doesn't start here. It starts here. God, I can't get up. I'm tired. I can't get up. I need help. I need strength. I can't do this. Tim, I can. Oh, I know you can, God, but but I, you know, I, I don't want to bother you. No, Tim, you're not bothering me, son. I, if you'll let me, I can do this. Oh well, maybe next week I'll go, with God. Maybe next week I'll 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 start. You know, I, I, I I'm not dressed to go to the altar this morning, Tim. How long you want to stay lame? God, it's a lot easier sitting here. <laughs> At least here I can just complain about everybody else. Nobody loves me. If they love me. They'd help me. If they love me. It wouldn't be this way. They'd help fix it for me. My wife would treat me better. If it really was good, my husband would treat me better. Yeah, that's that's. Tim, how long do you want to be lame? But God, if you want to do something, now get me by. Tim, I don't don't work that way. Tim, I'll, I'll help you stand and walk and run and jump and praise. Take me by the hand, Tim. Take me by the hand now. Say it out loud. God, I can't. I'm lame. Tell me what it is, Tim. Tell me what's wrong. I'm I'm lame. I can't. I can't. But you can't. Say it again, Tim. I can't, but you can. And that's the starting point. Peter says, listen, repent and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. I love that word, "blot." It means never to be remembered ever again. The stuff you've repented for in your past, listen to me, that will never be ever brought up to you. Now you can keep adding new stuff. But everything you've ever done, when you repent, it's gone. And they were, they were being dismissed for murder, rejecting Jesus, ignorance. I mean, he doesn't make the list. And he said, Just repent. And turn to Him. And everything that you've ever said, done, everything you've ever done is gone. Gone. But I used to be lame. It's gone. But I used to be an... It's gone. Verse 20. That times of... Refreshing then. What did I tell you would happen if you should go ahead and get started? God will catch up with you. See, I told you by November I don't want to be just trying to get going. <laughs> by November, I want to have verse 19 in my New review mirror. So that verse 20 I can say, God. I'm yours, all yours. Now refill, refresh, renew, pour out all over again on your servant so I can be and do and walk and live as you would have me. That times of refreshing may come from the Presence. See, until the sin is gone, until the blotting is done, you can't get face to face with Him. That's what presence means. See, what we think is, we're going to just come to God, and we're going to say, Now God, I know i got a lot of stuff, but I just really need your touch. God's like, I can't look at you. Oh, but Lord, you, you love me. I love you, but I can't look at you. God, I know I I make mistakes. No, no, I make mistakes. Them them are things you do regularly. And to know to do right and to not do it, that's sin. And I don't deal with sin. Repent, turn, so that I can forgive you, so that I can turn towards you. And we can be in the same presence. And my face can see your face. And dimes of refreshing take place and your life gets utterly changed. That he may send the Christ the appointed for you, Jesus. Will you stand? I'm going to deal more on this mindset of refreshing next week. This being face to face with Him. But let me be very honest with you. We cannot skip the Steps. And I'm not preaching against you. Crazy thing is, most people would look at us and say, Lord, that is a healthy church. That is a man, that church is awesome. That you guys are got it going on. Why would you be preaching this? Because if we're not careful, the apostle said we grow weary in our well-doing. Before long, we find ourselves lame in places that we thought wouldn't be possible. And God is not against us and God's not mad at us, but He is a holy, righteous, and loving God. And He says the process to renewing Refreshing you. Doesn't matter through the ages, through every revival you ever read about in the past, they always start the same. It's when people are gathering together and they begin to repent and cry out to the Lord for themselves, for their families, for their cities, for their. Whether it's Daniel in the Old Testament, whether it's one of the prophets, it says, Lord, forgive us. It works the same today. Even for Pastor Lot. He says, Tim, are you wanting that? Yes, Lord. Are you ready? Yes, Lord. then come and open up to me, Tim. You're not going to walk out of here ignorant today. You go back and you swell up and you go back and go back to your life and wonder why God ain't fixing it. Listen to me. You're not walking out of here ignorant today. You have a choice. Peter told those people that day, you have a choice. And many that day received, many that day accepted, many that day repented, many that day were filled, many that day their lives changed. But if Peter was standing here today, he wouldn't preach anything different than I've told you. Do you really want to walk with him? Do you really want his presence? Do you really want the life that he has for your life, your marriage, your family? You want you really want all that in your you want any blessings upon your kids? You want my presence in your life? And repent and turn. Repent and turn from the things you watched and seen and listened to and joke about and just accept and don't fight. If you're in this place today and you say, "Pastor, that's me," I know where it begins, and I'm ready. I'm ready. then I want you just to step out and and just enter into His presence and say, Father, turn toward me. I am sorry. For whatever it is in your heart, it'll be different in mine than it is yours. The things I struggle with may be totally different, but it's the same process. You know, the crazy thing is, is that usually when I give altar calls like this, let me tell you the people that come to the altar It's my strongest people. It's my most godly people. That's why they're the most godly. Because they're the ones that's used to this. They're the ones that understand this. It's the ones that says, Lord, if i got to do all that, I don't know if I even wanted all this. That's the ones that always wonder what's so big deal about church. The big deal about church is that he shows up and meets us here. That's the big deal about church. Father, as I begin my process over these next weeks, Lord, if we as a church begin, then let it begin with me. God, don't let it go any further. Don't let it begin in somebody else's life. I'm not looking for anyone else. It's me. If I want my family my church, my, my relationships, if I want that to grow, then let it start with me. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for some of the stuff that comes out of my mouth, some of the negativity, some of the criticism. I'm sorry for the stuff that sets up in my heart sometimes. God, I want my words to be yours and I want to align everything I stay with you. Father, let it begin in my house. Let it begin with me. How I treat people. How I talk to people. How I care for people. People that can't do anything for me. or But they just need love or help. They just need someone to care Let this process begin at my house, at my feet. I want your refreshing. I want your outpouring. I I want the renewal, the energy. You know what lies ahead, and you know what trials or challenges, and God, I can't do that empty. I can't do that without being refilled. Can't do that dry or cold. (laughs) Tear into me, Holy Spirit. Tear into me. Find the spots that don't fit you. (laughs) Father, let it begin today. Let it begin today. Let it begin today. Thank you. Let Tim die, fresh and anew. Let him die all over again, so that you can live. Father. That is my prayer this morning. That I would repent and I would return to you. That I would repent and turn with everything I have towards your presence. I don't wanna have the answers to anything. I don't wanna have the ideas to fix things. Like Peter and John, I don't want credit for any of it. God, I just want to be used so that you can receive glory. So that your son, Jesus, could be uplifted and draw all men to himself. That's my prayer. Thank you this morning. Amen. Amen. As these just continue to pray, as people just continue to pray, this I'm not in a rush. I know some of you got to go to class and different things, but I'll be praying for you this week. As you cross my mind as I call out your name, I believe what we're fixing to do is the most important thing all season's will do there are people that need some of them you don't even realize they come to church they sit in there They, you would think they got it all together man they'll tell you if you ask them how they do it they're going to tell you they're doing fine but they need more than anything else they need a refreshing they need a renewal they need refueling That is my greatest prayer over this next month is that God will do that in each life. God bless you. Keep giving that devil fits.